Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Uh, the three amigos back together, well, sort of back together again. Where's Frank today? Well, hold on. No, now I'm on. Now I'm on. Well, three. No, no, you sound better before. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Frank, before before we find out where you are, I got a story to tell you. Okay, and you'll like this story. First Here of all, go. well, no, no. First of all, I mean, it's just a, a, a given. I bought breakfast again, but that's not the story. That's not the story. But yes, I did buy breakfast. Would you buy yourself? Would you buy yourself? No, I I got a coffee for Steve and and uh, and uh, Greg and myself. So, but I'm I'm driving Big here. Fender. I'm driving here, bud, and. Um, this guy's in the fast lane, and I'm I'm driving up his butt because he's he's just going so slow, and I'm like, this guy is, is such a, and I said some you know some bad words, and I'm like, this guy shouldn't be, even be allowed on the road, and I look up, I'm like, God, that car looks very close to Steve's car, and I'm riding his bumper, I'm like, this better not be Steve, because if it's Steve, I'm gonna give him an earful, so he finally moves out of the fast lane, and I go by him, and it's Steve, and I'm like, Steve, you shouldn't be allowed on the road. What he's not telling you is that I looked in my rearview mirror and said, "That's Paul. I'm not letting him buy me." <laughs> <laughs> where are you? Where are you this uh, weekend, Frank? I am in Puerto Vallarta oh, for uh, oh. a mortgage conference. Oh, what? Sorry, I'm five... sorry. I'm sorry. You're breaking up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five hundred brokers from across the country are here, and lenders. Uh, pretty well, all the major lenders in our space are here. So, uh, so... it'll be a good uh, four days of. Uh, Drinking, drinking. Sessions. No, no, Paul. Unlike you and Austin, all I saw was drinking pictures. I know you went to work. But... <laughs> Didn't even post a picture. Uh, no, no, you don't have to post it. I, I still have, have people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was, in, I was in Austin this week at a conference, Frank. And um, yep. people don't realize how draining those conferences are. Like there was one day. Yeah, yeah. Austin. Well, hold on, hold on. Sounds awful. Hold on. We don't go for two hours a day and then go get liquored up. What we do at our conferences, we work from 8 to one day we were at 5.30. We didn't get out of class. 8 to 5.30. 5.30 p.m. That late. Wow. Well, hold on. What do you do? 10 to 11 and then you're right onto the beach or what? That's a long day. That's a long day for you, Paul. It is, actually. All right, just before we get rolling here, Frank, you might as well give us the bad news. What's the weather there? The weather, well, why? why? Why do I have to piss off our listeners and tell them that it's nice here? It's okay. They can figure it out. Uh, what's it like there? We want to live vicarious. Nice Actually, it's going up to 13 today, but it's rainy and dull. Frank, is this day one yeah, for you or day four for you at, at your conference? Day one. Day oh. one. Well, day one. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I came uh, two days early just to be able to uh, spend a little bit time downtime. And then it starts uh, with a welcome dinner tomorrow night and then sessions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And they run from eight o'clock until two thirty in the afternoon. Two thirty. Two. What is that? A half yeah. day in a row. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> so there are a bunch of Canadian brokers there with you, Frank. There's five hundred in total, uh, lenders and brokers from across the country. So yeah. What's their take on the non-budget? Well, w- uh, we saw it coming. I think uh, she forgot about housing, and she forgets how tough it is out there, and. You know, she renamed the GST uh, rebate to uh, whatever it is, grocery rebate, rebate or whatever, grocery rebate. So all, all they did is change names. Uh, it was interesting. The news that really um, got a lot of attention this week was the increased amortization. 
and it caused a lot of confusion. And it's not passed yet, but essentially the increased amortizations are, there are a lot of lenders, there's still some lenders out there. The one in our space that, that remains static payments is TD Canada Trust. So if you have a variable rate mortgage with TD Canada Trust, even though prime rate has gone up four and a quarter percent, in a lot of cases, some people haven't hit the target rate depending on when they hit it. So their amortization that started off with 25 years when they got the mortgage, because their payments haven't changed, but the interest rates went up, their, their amortization for some people has gone as high as 50 years. So now the concern is, okay, so when those uh, mortgages come up for renewal, it's going to be extremely difficult for Canadians to renew because what happens then is the renewal is going to come out on a 20-year amortization and the payments are going to skyrocket based on the fact that, that they didn't pay their fair share of principal over the last, you know, three years, four years, whatever is remaining on your mortgage. So, you know, there's some talk out there that what they're looking to propose is allow those people and only those specific people to be able to uh, stay in the mortgage, but just put the amortization to 40 years so that they don't get that payment shock, that sticker shock that forces them to have to sell their house. So Yeah, but the wording so of it is not very clear, Frank, because they're talking about, first of all, they're talking about establishing an official guideline, which to me, there should have been an official guideline already. This has been going on for a while, and only for people 100%. facing exceptional circumstances. So what's an exceptional circumstance? Well, that's TBD at this point, right? That's to be determined because, again, everything is loose right now. It's not, you know, it's, the fine print's not there. No different than we saw some changes in the foreign buyer program this week. So, uh, again, they they put the rules out and then they don't think about what if, what if, what if, and what if this happens. So foreign buyers are allowed to build condo buildings. Yeah, they can buy, uh, they can buy land, but they, yeah, they can buy land they can only buy if land. they're going to build, though, right? Correct. So, so again, I mean, they, they made some changes where, where when it first got introduced, it was black and white, no foreign buyers, period. So all of a sudden, you're starting to see that. I think we'll see the same thing on this end with the amortizations. We're going to see some amendments to it. But really, what, what it's fully intended to do is just help people that, that are in a static variable and have, have had static payments over the last year, and their amortizations have increased significantly. So what it does is it gives them the opportunity to be able to stay in their house and their payments might change a little bit, but not dramatically where they're not going to double or triple where they're not going to be able to afford their home. Frank, are we seeing, uh, I've had a couple, one um, TV and one uh, radio call me this week wanting me to comment on these power of sales that are happening now because people can't afford their mortgages. I, I am personally haven't seen it in, in my business, but are you guys seeing a power of sales and people not being able to afford their mortgages or when they're coming up for renewal, they are not able to even get a mortgage? Are you seeing any of that right now? No, and we're not seeing it in Ottawa. But what happened is, as you can recall, when interest rates hit rock bottom, you saw a lot of uh, clients specifically in the GTA area yeah. that couldn't afford. They still didn't meet the criteria to be with the traditional lender, but they wanted to buy. So what a lot of those customers did is they purchased and they did private mortgages and even at the time private mortgages were at five six percent very reasonable rates as opposed to the three percent you were getting at the bank so uh you know if you couldn't qualify through a traditional lender you would go to a private lender you would put your 20 percent down what we're seeing is not an increase in, in power sales we're seeing an increase in forced sales so there's a big difference between yeah. the two a forced sale is somebody who's done a private mortgage or an alternate mortgage, and specifically they purchased their home maybe 12 to 18 months ago, where the house value has come down, but they borrowed 80%. Well, now you've got these lenders that are looking at these mortgages coming up for renewal, 
and they're saying, we lent you $700,000 on a home that was 900 when you bought it, but today it's only worth 800. The only way that we'll renew the mortgage for you is if you get it down to 640,000 because the most we'll go to is 80%. And some of the GTA want 75%, which would be even a bigger down payment for that property. So in that scenario, now you've got the client that's saying, I don't have a renewal. I can't go anywhere else to get a mortgage because nobody's going to give me 700 on an $800,000 value. So I'm forced to sell the property. Yeah. So either the client is selling the property or the private lender saying, if you can't get another mortgage somewhere else, you got to pay us out. And if you don't pay us out, then we're going to do a forced sale. You know, it's funny. So, I saw but that's happening in Toronto. It's not, I haven't seen one. And of course, I mean, you know, we have our own Mick uh, as well at Mortgage Brokers Ottawa, AMIC. We haven't had that. And speaking to other uh, Mick's that I know of in the Ottawa area, none of them have have experienced anything like that in Ottawa. They've experienced it if they did mortgages in Toronto, which our Mick didn't. I so. saw I saw a article this week. I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw an article this week of the ten most expensive slash unaffordable cities in the world. Canada had two on that list: Vancouver, Van- Toronto, Vancouver, and Toronto. And I think. I believe Toronto was as high as number two or three as most expensive cities in the world. And we're talking about, you know, Sydney, Hong Kong, like all these, all these places, New York, yeah. New York that you would expect to be on that list. And you have Toronto and, and Vancouver. And I think Vancouver was somewhere like, I don't know, eight or nine or 10 or something like that. And Toronto was higher. Wow. I thought it'd be the other way around. So, so would I, yeah. so would I, I would think it'd be the other way around too. But obviously Toronto is uh, leading the way in Canada, Canada for unaffordable homes. That's for sure. It's crazy. Obviously, the numbers aren't out for March yet. No. It's just April no. 1st today. Yeah, so next week I'll have the March numbers in the year to date. What do you number. think? Well, because last March was our was our highest. I mean, I think last March was 757 or something like that was our was our average sale price. We're in the low sixes now. So, I mean, the, the difference between last March and what they like to do is compare March over March, right? So, if you compare last March to where we're going to be this March, Oh, we're going to be down 45, 50% or something like that. Like we're going to be down drastic over the two months. So, but that's not the number that I really care about right now. The number that I really care about is what is happening Jan, Feb, March this year. Are we actually trending upwards? And I think we will be. I think we'll be trending upwards when the, when the numbers come out. Um, yeah, we got, I'll, I'll go over a few numbers when we come back from the break, but I, I'm very optimistic and positive about uh, what's happening in the market right now, which is good. Yeah, the number you care about the most is the speed of the vehicle in front of you. Or how much money comes out of my pocket to buy breakfast every week, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a number I care about, too, you know. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. On News Talk 580 CFRA. Uh, welcome back to the show. Mr. Rushforth is here. Mr. Napolitano is, uh, I don't know, on the <laughs> beach somewhere. Is it a nudist beach you're at, Frank? Hopefully not. <laughs> not with me here. Yeah. Not that anyone would notice. So, Frank, Frank, <laughs> yeah. just, just one, question, one question before I get into a few numbers here. Um, are you still wearing the same Speedo that you wore six years ago? Not the white uh, one. Speedos haven't fit me in 36 years. So let's well, I'm pretty that. sure they haven't fit you. That's not telling a good story, though, Frank. <laughs> the fact that you wore them 36 <laughs> years ago exactly, scares me. Exactly, exactly. Uh, With all that hair Paul coming Paul buying in. breakfast, by the way. Paul buying breakfast is like the real estate market year over year. doesn't happen off. It's, <laughs> it's down. Let's put it that way. Well, I'll put it this way. Greg and I had a little bit of a heart-to-heart in the uh, intermission. We 
We chatted a little bit about potentially having to drop his salary because I can't afford to, to, to pay him as much as I do with all the breakfast I have to buy. But anyways, let's get into some real stuff. I mean, Frank not buying breakfast is just a common theme here. So we, <coughs> we're, we're, we're noticing... These are all April Fool's jokes, yeah. right? We're noticing... Yeah, even Greg is laughing right now. We're, we're noticing right now, and one of the things Greg and I were talking about in the break, and Steve is... We're seeing a little bit of a turnaround in the market, which is great. Uh, a little more optimism. We, I've talked about the optimism over the last little bit. Um, we had a huge spike in new listings on the market this week, which is great. We also had a, a bit of an increase in sold properties during the week as well. So things are listing, things are selling. We had probably, I mean, I think we probably listed about 20 homes this week alone. And of the sales we did this week, I would say, Greg, you correct me if I'm wrong, would you say maybe 50% went to multiple offer? Oh, yeah, I would say so, yeah, of the sales this week, yeah, 50%. So 50% sure. went to multiple offer. So and, it's and, spring, baby. So it's spring, baby is right, you know, and we're seeing the, you know, the average sale price was a little bit flat this week. It's still below 2021, still well below 2022 for this time. Uh, and we talked about, um, you know, when we do get those numbers, last March, our average sale price at the end of March was 576 or 575 That 000. was the peak, though, right? Yeah, 757 was our peak, and then it started to slide a little bit. So, you know, the average sale price being five seven fifty seven last year this March, I think the March numbers when they come out will probably be somewhere in the six twenty five to six thirty range. So we're gonna be drastically down. But keep in mind, I mean, we were I wanna see what our numbers do, you know, February this year to March of this year to see where the turnaround is. We're what still- were we down last month, Paul? hundred and thirty? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So it won't be that much different. No, we'll be similar to where, you know, how much down again. I'd like to start seeing a little bit of a, that gap to close a little bit and us making up a little bit of ground. We're already seeing it. I mean, if you see these homes hit the market and we're seeing multiple offers, which is great again. Um, you know, our number of listings just never seems to increase, though. I mean, we're still under 3,000 listings on the market. Um, you know, uh, when you look at things like rentals, 619 rentals on the market, um, you know, sold over the last seven days was 451. So there, there's homes selling, there's homes listing. If you're not selling right now, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, what's wrong with my house? Is it a condition problem or is it a price problem? Because we're in that market now where we're getting, a, we're, we're stronger, even though we're in a balanced market, I feel like we're stronger than a balanced market. Uh, and we could, if things continue the way I think they're going to continue, we could teeter again into a bit of a seller's market. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And that's a lot to do with listings too, right? Yeah, a lot to do with listings. I mean, we saw I mean, a huge spike in, in new listings hitting the market. In fact, there was uh, 635 homes that hit the market last week, which is very good for you know what was happening. Uh, and is it going to get stronger? There's still a, a, a thought out there that we are not in a spring market yet. That you know there are, the spring market starts in spring, which is more people think of you know April, May. Our spring market starts really early. It usually starts in January. We didn't see it this year. We saw a bit of a delayed spring market. I think our spring market, the way we usually see our spring market, is starting again. So it's it's good to see. There's a lot of uh, there was a little a lot of despair, not only amongst clients out there and consumers, but also amongst real estate agents. There was a lot of real estate agents that were looking over their shoulder, going, "What's going on? I mean, how am I surviving? Like this is no one's buying, no one's selling, and we're coming out of that now. We're starting to shift. We have people who thought, you know what, I can't sell. I got to stay in my home. To thinking now, eh, maybe I can sell. And there's buyers that said, you know what, I can't buy. I can't afford anything now. Think, well, maybe I can afford things now. So it's it. There's a lot. Well, of- we came off one of the most pessimistic winters. We had rates going up like crazy and home prices coming down. Yeah, it's like a perfect storm of taking a break. Absolutely. And actually, in, this, in the States, I was at a conference in Austin this week, like I mentioned, and most of the programs is, is, are Americans. And they were telling me their Q3 and Q4 
were especially Q4 last year were awful. Like some of these guys, there were like their markets were just drastically down. So I don't think we were. I mean, we were t- terrible in Ottawa, but I don't think we were as bad as some other communities and some other cities and even some other provinces and states. Um, but I think that's changing. Uh, I know there was a lot of optimism in the air in, in the in the room in, in Austin with a lot of these Americans as well that they see the market starting to rebound as well. Um, and it's uh, it's good to see. I, I think we're in a healthy market, and and I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of a. Um, well, I wouldn't say a seller's market, but it will feel more like a seller's market with things selling a little bit easier than, than what they were selling. Well, that's good because it gives you time to breathe. You can still make your offer. You can still get your inspection, but you're not as panicked as you were, especially this time last year. I can tell you what's gold right now, and that is listings. You know, And that was, the, that was one of the messages that we got from Austin was get your listings, get listings, help people get their homes sold. If you control the listings, you control the market. Um, so that's that's the big focus right now. And I can tell you, years ago... Um, I remember one of my real estate coaches would always say to me, I mean, when they went through their, their, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, when they're in the States was a really, really tough market. And we weren't seeing that we were just motoring along. And my real estate coach who was from Boston said, Paul, you make sure your business is ironclad for when it does turn, because when the market's good, everybody could be good. But when the market shifts, only the best survive. And so I had that, I've, I've had that in my brain since about 2008, 2009, 2010 to want to make sure that my, my team always has their, 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 always sharpening their skills and ready to go in case this market turns. And I think what we saw at the end of last year in the winter and the start of this year, I think we saw agents who really weren't working on sharpening their skills were really struggling. And, and I think as, as markets turn, if you aren't the most educated, if you aren't the, 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 the sharpest one out there, if you don't follow that market and make sure you know what's going on, it's really tough to survive those tough markets. And, and, and I think that's one thing we've come out of. We've, we're, we've really had a strong start to this year, even though we're down, but we've had a strong start to this year, mainly because we kept our skills sharp through these tough times. And, and it's good to see that we might be coming out of this now. You're starting to see optimism too, Frank? You're starting to see approvals coming in? Optimism. He's in Puerto Vallarta. Of course he sees optimism. No, no, it's not what he's seeing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, are, are people still nervous? Absolutely. We're certainly the brunt of our business right now is uh, clients that have their mortgages coming up for renewal. So that's keeping us busy right now. Or, or clients that have accrued some debt, but you know have, have put themselves in a mortgage two or three years ago where their interest rate is two, two and a half percent, and they don't want to break that. Um, so we're getting a lot of customers calling us saying, what options do we have? Because we certainly don't want to give up what we have now for another year or two. So um, oh, that's right. Again, You're not going to see refis for a long time, are you? Well, we'll see them. It's just that, you know, we have to, we have to be creative and we have to put second mortgage positions in, in, in place, which still make a lot of sense. So, um, you know, if somebody's carrying a lot of credit card debt, you know, private mortgage that might be at eight, nine percent, is certainly better than 21, 22 percent. And it's certainly better than giving up your two and a half percent mortgage for the next two and a half years. So, you know, there's options and cash flow is king today. King and queen is cash flow. Today, people are looking to manage their cash flow because the cost of everything has gone up so much that they're looking for alternatives to be able to manage their debt right now and still be able to put food on the table for their family and still be able to live a quality life, which is where a lot of people are struggling today. 
I'm uh, I'm I'm actually really starting to think about my cash flow as well. And there it comes. Yeah, it's just it's really really <laughs> hard to breakfast. it's really so hard to save all the time breakfast. when you're treating Frank to breakfast all the time. But it I will tell you, you know what? If you want to you save money, lower your speed on the road. You'll spend a lot less in <laughs> gas. You go. Thank I, you, Steve. B- before Steve. we before we go to break. Frank, I know you're in Puerto Vallarta, but I can tell you, we feel like we're in Puerto Vallarta here too, with the yeah. heat in this in this studio, man. It is hot. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. it's hot and cold, hot and cold. Yeah. And and you know what, Frank, I'll never forgive you for lending Paul that speedo. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, uh, Frank, go fill up your glass, and uh, we'll talk to you as soon as the break's over. Por favor. Cerveza, por favor. Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Down by the sea. <laughs> oh, oh, what's that? What? Oh, 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 that's ice I hear in your glass. Oh, that's what I was hearing. <laughs> wasn't sure. Wasn't sure. A little early in the morning for that. Uh, was, oh, it's coffee and Bailey's this morning. Is it, Frankie? It is. All of nine thirty-five here right now. So oh, so it's whiskey. Oh, so you're well oh, into so it. So then. it's whiskey then for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what today is, Frank? Aside from April Fool's, day one of the tax-free first home savings account. People can start putting their money in now. It is. I mean, it's a it's a decent start. I mean, I think they still dropped the ball on the first time. You know, if anything, they could have done with the budget is amend that first-time home buyer incentive program. Like that's that's the one that needed right now, in my opinion, that's the one that needed uh, some revisions to it. Where that's the one where the government the government owns part of your of your house of, of your home. Yeah, that's the one that they could have done with, and and just amended just that little clause. I think would see some some lift on that program and some lift for young Canadians who aspire to become homeowners. That, uh, that, that one, that program came in like a lead balloon, you know, like I don't, I've never heard of anybody, anybody, you might know different because you're more in that field, but I don't, I, I don't know anyone who's taken up to taking the government up on that program. Nobody. I had a client that, um, that wanted it uh, two weeks ago. And I, and I, you know, I said to them, I said, do more research on the program. You'll see that it really, isn't that good? And I realize now, now people are looking at it saying, well, properties aren't going to appreciate that much. Aside from that, I would say to clients, listen, it's not about that, but if you're going to do renovations to the house and if your plans are to be in that house for five to 10 years and you're going to start spending 30, 40, $50,000 redoing the bathrooms, redoing the kitchen, why should the government get 5% of that? Like, like in what world does it make sense for the government to get 5% of that? Or what about the house when, that just appreciated, you know, like the, the townhomes that you would have bought three years ago for three twenty five yeah. that went went up to seven fifty and the government would have got their hands on it somebody. Made a lot of if, money. if you would have just said, you know, I have to sell my house, the government would have made a lot of money on that. The one thing we are seeing right now is for the past probably well, probably almost since the start of the pandemic when the prices started going crazy, there was a lot of people that decided they couldn't sell because they couldn't move up even though they wanted to sell. So there was a lot of money spent on renovations. We're starting to see that change a little bit. We're starting to see people now say, you know what? I was going to stay in my house and renovate it. It's not my dream home, but now I can get my dream home because prices have come down. So it's been a very quick shift to how people are viewing this market. Went from 
no, we're stuck in our house, but we're going to renovate it. To now it's like, you know what? It wasn't our dream home. We can afford a different house now. We're not going to renovate it. We're going to move on and sell. But if you want to sell, should you be renovating? Well, yeah, the appetite for the ugly homes is, is gone. I mean, you know, during during COVID, you know, I, I said this story before, but I'd walk into a house and someone would say, what do you think of my house? And in my mind, I'd be like, whoa, this house is ugly. And then they'd say, well, so what should we fix up and what should we renovate? And I would say, nothing. Get it on the market as is. Which is very rare. Right? Which is very rare. Now it's totally changed. If you walk into a house, I've, I've seen buyers walk into a house, love the house, didn't like the paint color, so they walked away. The paint color, like that's a quick fix. So right now your house has to be perfect. We've gone... We've gone from where houses have to be perfect to where houses didn't really matter what they look like, just get it on the market, to now being back to your house has to look perfect. Uh, and, and with perfect, I mean, get us in before you do any renovations, because I'd hate to see you sink you know, $70,000 into a kitchen thinking you're getting $70,000 back. So make sure you get us in the door so we can tell you what renovations to do. But I've talked about this at nauseum. The little things that you can do, do, that are very inexpensive. Light fixtures, paint declutter cleanliness are the biggest things that you could do um and it's different for a starter home than it is for another home right like a starter home you're not going to put in all this great granite and everything else you're going to make it look good yeah you're going to make it look good um, i always say that if your house is under a a, 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 a semi sort of like a, a decent sized single you don't need the granites. If you're in a townhome, you don't really need the granites. It's you, not going to sell quicker. It's not right? going to sell quicker. No one's expecting granite in a townhome. Now, some of these seven and $800,000 townhomes, they, they expect a lot more. But no, so th- and that's why I get us through the door because there's a lot of times we'll walk into a house and someone will say, look what I did. And I'm like, you didn't need to do that. And people aren't going to see the value in that. Little things like pools and interlock, I mean, those are great for your personal use. But if you have someone who doesn't want a pool because they got young kids, there's no value in that pool. There's no value in that interlock. So get us through the door. We'll most likely tell you. Uh, my, my big thing is I want to make you spend $1,000 to make $5,000. I don't want you to spend $5,000 to make $5,000. It doesn't make any sense. You might as well not spend that money. Problem is a lot of people have visions in their head that if they spend that money, they're getting it back. And truthfully, the general rule of thumb is you get about 30% back of that upgrade. So, you know, if you put 10 grand in, most likely it's only worth 3,000 in people's eyes, depending on what that upgrade is. So don't do, I see people make this mistake all the time. Do not do an upgrade or a renovation without talking to us first. And please, if you're going to paint and do that cheap renovation of paint, don't do it yourself. I've seen people unless you're good at it. Well, I've seen people paint their house and be like, "Look, I painted my house. Now I'm ready to sell." And I look, I'm like, "Whoever buys this is going to have to paint again." Yeah. And if you're painting, please, 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 neutral colors. We see so many people that paint their house that is just still, well, still Greg. Are. You know what I'm thinking about right now, eh, Greg? <laughs> Don't say it, but uh, no, no, absolutely. I, you I still mean, see the oranges and the greens and purples and yeah. Uh, one one of the big challenges is is uh, people watching all the the renovation shows and stuff on you know whatever the channels are and they're seeing like oh the hot color this year and they're going well it's the hot color we better we better paint it that color yeah. and in selling a house it doesn't matter the hot color <coughs> you need it to appeal to the broadest spectrum of people yeah. so it needs to be the most neutral color not the hot color 
Yeah, we we used to use the more of the brown tones in colors and in even in cupboards and floors and that. That's changed. Gray's the gray's the thing. And though. gray's been for a while now. Gray's been for quite a while, but like gray cabinets are even in gray. Even gray tinged floors are in. Uh, but see, when I look in the mirror, I'm in style. <laughs> <laughs> And Frank, you're getting there. <laughs> Frank's yeah, getting there. Yeah, but but that that's what, what's really really important is even through colors. Like we have one listing, we're not saying where, but we have one listing who we gave the color to and said, "Paint it this color, please." Didn't paint it that color. Two list, two listings. Yeah, two listings. So anything. why would you ask for advice? Get the advice. You're not staying in the house. What do you care what color it is? Take the advice and move on. People want neutral, and I know what colors work. Right, like not only have I flipped a lot of houses, but I've been in a lot of houses, and you know what color works, and just listen to our advice. It's it's like a nice soft gray and bright over dark, right? What's that? Sorry, bright over dark. Yes, yes, and and especially for everything, like no one wants those dark floors in the dark anymore. People want a lot of light, right? And you want every room painted the same color. If you're selling, yeah. absolutely. Don't go don't go do anything different. One, it's cheaper to paint the same color. But I would just do, I mean, if you wanted to do a, maybe a, a different color in a bathroom or something like that, but ideally, blank canvas, most likely someone might come in and paint, you know, it might be a kid's room and they'll paint it anyways. Or, you know, they might want some different colors in a bathroom, so they'll paint it anyways. But if, you're, if you have to paint to sell, which I sometimes recommend, especially if I walk in, I see bold colors. Just make sure you do the whole house the exact same color and just make it a, almost like a neutral canvas. And it's so important because I've seen people make just a little mistake on colors and it costs them lots of showings and lots of thousands of dollars. So do the right thing. And for things like this, Frank, when you, especially if you're a first-time homebuyer, how much money should you put aside for the things you're going to want to change when you get in the house? Well, again, I mean, there's a program that's not used as often as, as it should be, which is Purchase Plus Improvements. And the reason it's not used is it's got some restrictions attached to it where you have to know at the time of your offer, at least you got to be able to provide us with a copy of either invoices or estimates of what you plan on doing with the house. And, and if you qualify, then at that point, we can add those costs to your mortgage. And then you've got 90 to 120 days, but we've seen that extended to 180 days in circumstances uh, during COVID. And I don't know whether they'll refrain from doing that moving forward now that supplies and, and tradespeople are, are, are more readily available. But it's a great program that could be used if you're buying a house that needs a new bathroom, a new floor, uh, some flooring, some painting, some... Can you do uh, the work yourself outside. with that program, Frank? Well... Like, can I, can, can I go out and buy uh, $6,000 worth of paint, show it to you and, and get that as purchase plus improvements? You could provide us with the invoice. Um, you know, generally what I'll normally say to people is, is if you can get an estimate, use that estimate, and you're not bound by that estimate when it comes to the Purchase Plus Improvement Program. Uh, you know, if you end up finding that the tradesperson's not available to come and do it and you end up doing it yourself, then that's okay. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, what, what happens at the end? So you don't get the money up front. So you need to know that you don't get the money up front. You only get the money after the work has been completed. And all the work has been completed. But what happens is the lender either asks for paid invoices or they can send an inspector out to inspect the work that you said would be done is actually done. And then they advance the funds to you. So, so, so um, certainly a way to do that. Can you get it with 5% down? You can. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's intended to be a program to help first-time home buyers get into homes. So generally speaking, we, we normally see it when it, when it refers to 
um, uh, people that are buying with less than 20% down. We were, Greg and I were actually in a house this week. Uh, Greg was there to, to shoot it and I w- went along with him and, and uh, we always tell people to give, let, let us know what you're going to do for renovations because we'll tell you whether you should do it or not. And these people were just finishing up their renovation. They'd ripped out their living room and they'd put in a second kitchen. And I said to him, I said, why are you doing that? I said, we listen to Brilliant. Frank on the radio when we hear about having second kitchen. So they had a kitchen and another kitchen in their living room because of Frank's advice. You remember that, Greg? Stop it. <laughs> yeah, Stop you remember? It. <laughs> See, this is so odd because I, I used to do all my cooking in the bedroom. <laughs> Every single European is laughing at you. (laughs) (laughs) And Europeans know that they put the second kitchen on a different floor. Yes, everybody knows that because you would ruin the plastic on the sofa. Yeah, in the living room. They were still wrapped up, but they're in the dining room wrapped up. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Paul Rushworth here. Frank DePaulo here. He's not here. He's in Puerto Vallarta. That's right, Puerto Vallarta. But he's here in his mind. He's yeah. here in spirit. Yeah, yeah. So you can start putting and away $8,000 a year now, right, Frank? Up to $40,000 beginning today for first-time home buyer. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, very similar to an RSP contribution where you get to put it on your income tax and it helps you reduce your income. So there's some taxable benefits there. It's meant uh, for first-time home buyers. It's it, it's meant to give them an opportunity to put money there. So whether you put it in an RSP, the difference in the RSP and this is that the RSP you have to pay it back on this one you don't. So, uh, but you can use both. So again, they're opening up some doors for Canadians to be able to put money into an RSP, put money into a home savings plan, uh, and take advantage of uh, the fact that uh, it can help you maybe get a tax refund as opposed to paying tax because we all pay enough of that. So, uh, and, uh, set yourself up for, uh, for a home, um, you know, maybe a year or two or three that, uh, years down the road. Assuming you have a cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> Not easy to put well, away. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the biggest issue today is, is it's very difficult to save money, uh, when, when the cost of everything else has increased the way it has. Wouldn't it have been, Easier for first-time homebuyers if they had increased the amortization in this budget? Well, that's another thing that has to be addressed, I think, at some point. And they may not be doing it now because we're still coming, in their eyes, we're coming off of the hottest real estate market that we've probably ever seen uh, over a, uh, what, over a two-year period. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, we're just on the heels of that. Now, again, you know, they feel like we would, the real estate market would still be extremely heated if interest rates hadn't gone up the way they are and uh, time will tell because uh, hopefully six months to 12 months from now, we'll see the interest rates normalize. Now, I don't think we're going to see the five year 1.89, 1.69% anytime soon, but we will, you know, we should see depending on how things go, the five years in the high twos and low threes again. And that's, you know, for most people acceptable and normal and stable. You know, Frank, you mentioned that if they, they didn't raise the rates, the, the market just would have kept going insane like that. I honestly think it would have slowed down. Uh, affordability was just gone. Um, there were so many people that were taking themselves right out of the market. So, I, I mean, I think at one point we would have plateaued a little bit. We would never have dropped like we've dropped now if they didn't raise the interest rates. But 
the people I feel sorry for are the people who actually bought at the peak. You know, you're talking about last, you know, Feb, March, April, May. That's what we call those the peak. People who bought in that time frame, um, you know, and, and we still get calls from some of them and they're they're angry that they bought when they did. And it's, it, it is unfortunate. But what I keep reminding them is that unless you go through a divorce or a job loss or a death or something like that, real estate's a long-term play and it will come back. So don't panic. And they also have cheap mortgages. They have cheap mortgages, right? So they're they're one or two years into a really, really cheap mortgage. Yes, they paid too much, but they're in a very cheap mortgage. Where other people now, maybe they got their house for a hundred thousand dollars less, but they're paying four and a half, five and a half percent. Where these people here are paying one and a half percent or two percent. So you know, there, there's you go, you look at it both ways. I mean, if, if you're in your dream house and you got what you wanted. Real estate's a long-term play. Don't worry about it. Because, we're like I said, I still get calls from people who bought in those months saying, what did I do, Paul? Relax. The values will come back unless you have to sell your house. Don't even worry about it. It's a long-term play. I've mentioned before, when I bought my East End office, when I bought my West End office, I overpaid. Yeah. But I also knew it was a long-term play, and I know eventually they were going to be worth way more than what I paid for. And it happened. They're worth way more than what I paid for them. I swallowed it, and I took the I, t- I I overpaid for them. One because I wanted location, and two because I know real estate's a long term play. So, unless you have one of those unfortunate like death or you know or, or divorce or something like that, don't panic. Don't worry about it. You're you're, you're still in a in a great situation. And it's only technical, right? You're only overpaying the day you buy. Yeah. Like two years later, well, I didn't overpay because now I'm even, or now it's worth more. Exactly, and and we're gonna see that. I mean, and I had. Through this height, I had a friend actually who bought a, a townhome with us, and we were seeing this market that was just skyrocketing. And she ended up paying something like four seventy for a townhome. And back then, that was in the nosebleeds. And I said to her, I said, "Trust me, yeah. buy this townhome because I'm going to guarantee you in three months I'm going to call you and tell you your home is already in the fives. And I think it took about a month and a half. And I called her and I said, "By the way, you could sell your house for in the fives now." And then before long, I was calling her again saying, your house is now worth six fifty. dollars And I called her again, your house is worth now 700 And then he married her. Yeah. <laughs> but then but then the only problem is she called me about uh, yeah. four months ago. She goes, what's my house worth now? I'm like, uh, maybe we'll talk in a year from yeah. now. How about the, but, sorry, I can't take your call Yeah, right sorry. Now. Beep, you have the wrong number. <laughs> but truthfully, truthfully, you know, even people that overpaid for their, you know, we're seeing townhomes now in the fives and low sixes. And I know people. Friends who paid seven fifty for a townhome that yeah. is worth nowhere near that. Unless you have to sell, don't panic. Don't worry about it. Eventually, it's going to be worth more. So just don't panic. And, and and I feel for those people, especially the people who call me that they have to sell. Then it's like, but hey, Frank, wouldn't this be an oper- a perfect time for somebody who bought a couple of years ago at a very low rate to port that mortgage? Support the mortgage, yes. Uh, but again, I mean, depending on, on where values are today, but that's, uh, that's phone calls we get quite often as well as someone who may have, may own a home, not even they bought it two years ago. They may have bought it seven years ago, but now they're two years into their latest five-year mortgage. And, you know, they're okay to, to, uh, to go from a townhouse to a, to a single home. Absolutely. The first thing we say is what are your mortgage terms like? And let's see if we can port it over because that's what's going to make the most sense for them. Yeah, because if you bought five years ago and you, you know, you've read, read on your mortgage or bought maybe four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, depending on when you got your mortgage done, you could be so far ahead of the game with a low rate and now home prices leveling off again. Yep. 
No question. Just, uh, you know, if you're with a bank, know that the banks sometimes play tricks with you. Now, some banks will leave that mortgage the way it is and just put like a second standalone mortgage by itself. Be very careful with that, too, because if you go into a new five year and you've got three years left at the end of and I've had clients call me and say, Frank, my mortgage are for renewal, but there's a second piece to it. Well, you can't separate them at that point. So you can't say, Frank, can you transfer this one because my bank is not being fair with me and the rate that they're offering me, you have much better rates. I can't move that one unless I move the other one too. And then the other one, as the bank knows, will incur penalties for you. So, so that's the way that they get you. So, so if you're going to do that, and if you want to be able to get the most competitive rate outside of if the timing works out, again, for anybody that renewed their mortgage five years ago, uh, bad luck. I mean, the timing is that, you know, had their mortgage renewed a year ago or two years ago, the rates would have been significantly lower where it's just bad luck that it happens to renew. But outside of timing, you want to try and keep those maturity dates as, as close to possible uh, if you can so that you can get better competitive rates. Any uh, Port of Ayrton birthdays? <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, Paul will vouch on this. Uh, one of the uh, uh, coolest mortgage guys that I know and uh, a leader in art and uh, with Mortgage Brokers Ottawa, Derek Artichuk, celebrating his birthday on Monday. And then, uh, you know, I got to add a vowel in there. So Marco Ranieri, good friend of the show and uh, his dad's big listener. Uh, happy birthday to Marco. I kind of feel like Frank this week. I got so many birthdays. This is awesome. First of all, Kevin Janica, who's one of my super, super talented agents, uh, celebrates a 12-year anniversary with Paul Rushforth Real Estate today. Uh, so happy anniversary. Angie, my office manager, her birthday is on the 5th. Jason, one of my rock star ISA uh, inside sales agents, his birthday is also on the 5th. And another one of my amazing agents, Paul Royce, he's also on the 5th. And Jocelyn, my assistant, her son, is also on the 5th as well. So that's a big day on the 5th. And uh, Mikey Machargo, who's one of my awesome ISAs, is also 12 years with the company on the 6th. So, God, I feel like Frank right now. Yeah, There's so no many. Kidding. So happy birthday and happy well, anniversaries. I'm going to start adding work anniversaries on there, too. <laughs> nah, I got enough friends that the birthdays are okay. I'm good. What <laughs> you guys don't know is this part is never on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a great week, gentlemen. Have a drink for me, Frankie. Have a great week. And- Thank you, and continue to support local businesses and charities. Local in Puerto Vallarta? (laughs) (laughs) No, Ottawa.